Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great interview to help you up your game in talent development, which is what we are all about. I'm always looking for great L&D leaders to interview, as well as topics to cover to help you improve everything that you're doing in the talent development world. And I've got another great one for you today. Today, we're talking more about career development and how to help our aspiring managers and leaders who might want to up their game and become a manager or a leader one day. Today, I'm speaking with my friend Ryan McRae. Ryan has focused his career on making an impact on organizations by helping them maximize and develop their talent. His areas of expertise include strategic talent management, talent and leadership development, mentoring, connecting others, consulting and coaching leaders at all levels, and telling a compelling story with data. Ryan is currently the Vice President and Manager of Talent Development at Commerce Bank in St. Louis. And at Commerce, he leads the efforts around people growth and including designing corporate-wide professional development resources and initiatives through a program called Commerce for You. Ryan has responsibility for building leadership in the organization through three, three leadership development programs for high potential team members. And the newest program is focused on developing and growing people of color and includes an 18-month mentorship with the top 13 executives in the company. And in this interview with Ryan, we talk about career development and talent development. We also break down a program that Ryan's team has put into place for aspiring managers and look at how they put that together, who gets invited to it, and what that program looks like. And I figured it's been a little while since we've really broken down a program on this podcast, and so that'd be great to do that. We also talk about all the resources and things they're doing at Commerce Bank to help employees really own their careers and find new opportunities and stay with the company longer. And I know as we are in the middle of what many are calling the great resignation, so many of you are telling me that it's been really difficult to keep really great talent. 
and uh, as well as to attract great talent and you're looking for ways to help people own their careers, feel more fulfilled, there's more growth opportunities, more opportunities to move around. And of course, I've been talking with a lot of clients about that. A lot of people are reaching out about my book. I've been speaking in a lot of companies and it's great to hear companies that are putting these things into action and it sounds like Ryan and his team are really doing that. So I'm excited for you to hear this interview with Ryan. Uh, Ryan is also a member, by the way, of the Talent Development Think Tank community. He joined a few months ago and has been great having him involved in a lot of the discussions we've been having. You can find more information about our community by going to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. And our podcast is also sponsored by the Advantage Performance Group, which is a professional services firm dedicated to helping you up-level, upskill your employees in any area, leadership development, business acumen, finance, strategy, you name it. They've got tons of great free resources. And our podcast is one of them. If you go to talentdevelopmenthotseat.com, all the information is right there. Just check out the menu and uh, you can find everything that you need. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Ryan McRae, all about developing aspiring managers and helping employees really own their careers. Enjoy. All right, I'm talking now with Ryan McRae, who is Vice President and Manager of Talent Development at Commerce Bank in St. Louis. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Andy, for having me. It's amazing. I've gotten a chance to listen to your podcast, so I'm, I'm honored to, feel, to have the opportunity to be on it. Well, I love that I give you that chance and that you get to come on and share um, as well as listen. And, you know, what we're building here is a community of people. I'm all about uh, everybody getting a chance to contribute. And um, of course, we met recently when you jumped into the talent development think tank community, speaking of getting people involved and connecting people. And um, it's been great to get to know you through that, um, you know, shameless uh, leading question. But what's your experience been like in the think tank so far? I've absolutely loved it. I've really found some people and some peers that are just so, so smart. And they've actually even more recently pushed me to think a little bit differently on a couple of topics. And I've been pushing them to think about topics a little bit differently, just helping each other out. It's just a friendly, warm community of really, really, really smart people. I have a really great community here in St. Louis, but my goal is to really expand that community and make it bigger. And I think getting a chance to join the talent development think tank has been perfect. Because now I'm meeting people from across the country. And yeah. that's one of the things I really wanted to do. And a lot of them that I've met are just very smart, very wonderful people. And just getting a chance to really dig into and learn a little bit more about L&D from other individuals, I yeah. think has been great. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. We've got a really impressive group of people in the community. And the common thread is everybody is so generous in wanting to contribute and help others and learn from others. We don't really have any arrogance in there, people that think they have it all figured out. We have people from all different industries and companies and regions, right, across the U.S., some in Canada and Europe as well. And it's been fantastic learning from everybody. And it's, it's been great having you in there. But I want to talk about you and maybe start with a little bit of your background, how you got into learning and development and, and what you're doing today. Sure. So I think, you know, I actually, when I was getting my undergrad, I was in psychology. And so one of the first things I ran into when I was doing psychology is I knew I didn't want to be a professor and I knew I had no interest in, in, in being like a, a clinical psychologist or anything of the sort like that. I always liked results and data and I wanted to make sure that I was making an impact. And so I ran into IO psychology and IO psychology. I was like, wow, I love this. It's data. It's psychology. It's bringing psychology to the business world. I'm like, this is perfect for me. This, I found it. I found what I wanted to do in life then. 
And so from there, I just started jumping into my career after I got my master's degree in IO Psych. I started out at a couple different companies here in St. Louis. I've worked for an animal welfare organization. I've worked for a retail footwear company. I've gotten a chance to work for a big agricultural company that was global. And then more recently, getting a chance to work at Commerce Bank. So I'm working in the finance industry too. I like that. And it's, it's cool how you found that space that you're in. And I learned a few years ago about IO psychology, and it is fascinating all the things that, that go into that and, and what people can do with that field. So what are you doing in your role at, at Commerce Bank? And maybe you could use that to also share a little bit about the philosophy that you have or the bank has on talent development. Excellent. You know, so when I joined the bank, I joined the bank about four and a half years ago. So they really cared about development in the organization. It was something that was really, really important to them. When I started, they had a couple of really great leadership development programs. They were, they were really doing wonderful work around succession planning um, and a few other areas that they were really spending time coaching, a lot of time with coaching with individuals in the organization. What they didn't necessarily have when I first started was a language around development. And they really didn't necessarily have a vision around development. And that's one of the things that I got a chance to bring to the organization. And so one of the things I had started building throughout my career, because I've been on all areas of HR, I've worked in data, I've worked in the talent management or HR business partner side of the house. I've worked on the talent development side of the house, but I was starting to really run up against this idea of like, how can I really help people develop? And so I started talking about, well, you need to know yourself. You need to know whatever organization you're at, and then you need to plan your path. And so that concept, I had already been working on it before I got here at Commerce Bank, but I got a chance to build a whole development thought and a development idea and a development strategy around that. And so that's what I've been really doing for the last four and a half years, myself and a really talented team individuals on my, on, at the bank. We, we just have, we have a, a team of 12 that works here mm. and every single one of them is one of the smartest people I've ever worked with in talent development. And they each bring something different. And so we've rolled out like 14, 15 different programs in the last four and a half years since I've been here. Our numbers on our last engagement survey, we were looking at 82% for the career and development number. So 82% of the organization really felt like they were like felt favorable about, about what was going on around career and development here in the organization. And so that was something that was pretty impressive. I mean, um, we'll, we can get into, of course, obviously a lot of the great things that we rolled out. There's some of them that I'm crazy, crazy proud of because they're very new, very creative, very different for the bank yeah. here. Um, some of those things, including an aspiring managers program that is run by someone on my team named Carrie Kime. And that program is really just to help people think about whether they want to be a manager or not. How many people get thrown into the management pool and the management world and don't really know what they're getting into? I run into them all the time. I, oh, it's I, all the one of the most common things out there. And, and the biggest challenge, I think, in all of talent development is people getting promoted because they do a great job as an individual contributor. And, you know, you were a great software programmer. So congratulations. Now you're a manager and you're going to manage software programmers. And by the way, we don't even really want you to, to do any programming anymore. We just want you to manage people, even though you have no training in this whatsoever. And some people uh, like embrace that. And some people are like, I didn't want to be a manager. What the heck happened? But there's probably a lot of people in between that are like, I don't know if I want to be a manager. I'd like to make more money. Right. But not really a people person. I kind of just want to code software or whatever, handle the money, whatever it is. So I, I'd be curious to dig into some of the details of that program, because I don't think we do that enough on this show is like dig into some real programs and how they're put together. So what does that aspiring manager program look like? 
Yeah, that's great. Because everything you said, Andy, people just don't really know what they're getting into a lot of times because they've been a really great individual contributor. So mm-hmm. of course, they're going to be an excellent right. manager. Of course. Um, and so we actually started out with homework. So there's a, there's a two and a half hour discovery session. This is where we start. And that's open to everyone at the bank. So whether you've been here for three weeks or you've been here for three years or 30 years and mm-hmm. you decide that you want to become a manager, you can sign up for that session. We've got it open up to everybody. It's virtual. It, it starts out with homework. They have to go and interview like three to five managers in the organization and ask them a, a, a list of questions to really just understand. I just did one of these interviews today, actually, just to learn a little bit more about what management is. How does this look differently when you're talking to different managers? And then they go to the actual aspiring manager discovery session. And that's where we do dig into a lot of different things. Like, what does it mean to really be a manager? What are the responsibilities that come with that? Things like having those hard conversations. What does it look like when you go from being an individual contributor on a team to a manager on the team? And you're no longer, it's, it's no longer easy to be friends with everybody. And so we give them a realistic preview of all the things that kind of come up with being a manager here at Commerce Bank. And what is that going to look like? And after that conversation, after that session, I love this piece too, is we give homework to them and their manager. So they have to go back and have that conversation with their manager. Like, where is their head at? What do they think they need to work on? What are they really concerned about when it becomes being a manager? What experiences do they need to gain so that they can be a really good manager in the future? So we really spend some time having them have that conversation with their leader. And then they have to decide, is that something that they think they want to be a manager sooner or later? You know, are they like, yep, I want to be a manager now. Maybe I want to be a manager, but not right away. Or, oh, heck no. After what I learned in that class, I have no interest in being a manager. I just want to go code something, as you were mentioning, Andy or someone who's just maybe undecided. They're not sure what it means. They're glad they went to the session. They learned a little bit more, but they don't know what's next. Yeah, That's the first step. And then there's a second step that you can actually enroll in an aspiring discovery manager. We call it a journey to your inner manager. And that is the second part of that. And that is a six month program that individuals can get involved in. And really our goal when people get out of that program is just that They know more about management and they're potentially a good manager candidate for manager roles that come up in the organization. We also pass those people's names along to our talent acquisition group so that we have that pool of candidates that we know are very interested in becoming managers in the organization as well. Is that program influenced or who gets into the program influenced by leaders who say, hey, I'm grooming this person to be a manager. I want them to be in this program or is it entirely up to the individuals to say, I really want to be a manager and I want to learn how to be a manager. And then I'll go out and apply for managerial roles. I think it's a mix because, you know, they can decide to go to that discovery session. They don't have to ask, have a, have manager approval to go to that. They do have to have that conversation afterwards. And I think that's where some of those real conversations, those candid conversations around, oh yeah, I totally see you as a manager or, hmm, that might be something where you might need to work on this, this, and this before you become a manager. Now, there is some opportunity to do that in that program. So for some people, even if they have an interest, but maybe the manager feels they might have a little bit more work to do, they can still go to that program. They do have to have manager approval to go to the journey to your inner manager session. They also have to have approval from their talent management consultant to make sure you know that they don't have any performance issues or performance concerns going on. Right. So there is, there is one step in approvals that really needs to happen before people get in that program. But I've seen both. I think people that are just really passionate about management and know they want to do it at some point. And some where the manager's going, oh, this is perfect because 
I really think that Jane is the next manager on the team anyways, and we yeah. probably need to send them and get them more training. Well, I hope you see that pretty often, but I'm also wondering if there, you unfortunately see the other side where managers say, no, I don't want my person to go through this because I want them to stay on my team working for me and I don't want them to go be a manager somewhere else or they might take my job. I'm afraid of that or something. Ego you know, I haven't seen any of that yet. Um, it doesn't mean that it's probably happened or that hasn't been in, in, in people's heads. Right. That hasn't come back to us yet as far as any concerns for managers. I definitely see that in our bank and other organizations just as yeah. a whole, you know, those, those people that don't want to give up their good people. Mm -hmm. And I think our organization is still, uh, is kind of moving down the path with that. I think we're starting to talk more and more about the idea of sharing talent, which is not something we maybe traditionally have done. Um, but that's something that has been a big, big topic of conversation here in the last probably year in our organization is how do you yeah. start sharing talent more? So it's not new to anyone to necessarily hear that. Um, yep. But I'm sure there's still some leaders that struggle with that, especially new leaders that are like, I put all the time and the energy into this person. I don't want to mm -hmm. let them go and let them go somewhere else. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It happens a lot, right? It's, it's ego, it's fear, uh, losing great people or thinking you put in all this effort and what am I going to do if they leave or but I, you know, I always remind people all the time, and you think about the managers or the leaders who have made a big impact on your career, the ones who have really helped you move on and do other things, like you remember them forever. And that's about building that legacy. Plus you become known as a great manager, a talent magnet to use uh, Liz Weissman's terminology from multipliers rather than a talent hoarder. Like, oh, if I go work for Ryan, he's going to help me, you know, accelerate my career. Like, of course I want to go work for him. Look at all the other people that have been promoted after working for him into other positions, like you build a, a brand, you know, if you will, as a, as a great leader and someone who helps promote people. We've had quite a few leaders that have done that. They've, they've definitely built that brand of someone who grows and develops people and moves them on to other parts of the organization. You know, I also remind people, Andy, is that we want people to stay here. So we talk a lot about one commerce and that in the grand scheme of things, it takes a lot of people to get this done. It takes a village um, to make sure that we really do what we need to do here at Commerce. And would you rather have that person leave and go work for the bank down the street? Or do you want them to stay at Commerce Bank, keep their talents here and let them move to a different part of the organization where maybe they can even have a bigger impact? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question to ponder. Okay, I want to get back to the program. You mentioned that once they go in, it's a six-month program. So what does that six-month program look like? What does it entail? That six month program, so the way that it's structured, there's different topics in, in each part of the program. Some of them are a little bit more development focused and then thinking about them. Um, and then others are just learning a little bit more about the things you need to understand to become a manager. And so the way that the structure of that is, is they actually have an accountability or kind of a partner as they're going through that program. So they start it with, you go to the session, there's homework that comes from that session. And then they work on that homework and really think through the topics that, are, that have come up in that, in that session. They work with their accountability or their kind of partner during the program as they're doing that. And then they come back to the next session. Now, every session usually does focus on a little bit more of, you know, going into what did we talk about from last time? So what have you learned since, we, since you've been, because they usually do this about once a month. And so what have you learned in this last month that, that you've really had an opportunity to use in, in your day-to-day -day in your work? And then... At the end of the program, they, they really have to think a little bit more about all of this. There's, again, another conversation kind of with their leader to make sure that they're really spending some time with it. But they might talk about things like, you know, emotional intelligence during those sessions and how to connect with people, how to kind of create a sense of belonging. There's a lot of different topics, and I'm not as close to that program, so I'd have to almost have to pull it up to be able to talk about all the different pieces that they talk about there. 
but they they talk about at least probably eight to ten different topics during that whole time that they're together. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat. It's known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. I love it. So really a lot of great topics and, and stuff they're covering. We don't have to get into all the nitty gritty, but to come back, you mentioned, you know, you've launched uh, several different programs since you've been there and it sounds like many of them have been successful. I know you are passionate about this idea of creating new and innovative solutions in talent development. So maybe we can take a step back and I'm curious, what's your approach to creating what you call creative solutions in talent development to really meet the needs of an organization? Excellent. Yeah. You know, I think on our team, we, we use the agile methodology quite a bit. And so that's something where if you really dig into agile, they talk a lot about, you know, failing fast and reiterating. And we use that quite a bit when we're thinking about the work that we do here in talent development. I also have a very creative group of individuals and we, we have a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts. We push the boundaries quite a bit here at the organization. We are a, you know, a Midwest bank. Um, but I'm also amazed how creative and innovative the, the organization actually lets us be. Um, we do care about innovation. We talk about it as being one of our cultural pillars here at the organization. Now, that innovation looks different depending on part of the bank. We're not going to be like an R&D organization who's doing everything crazy, crazy, you know, yeah. out of the box creative. We're still banking. Right? But, yeah, we're still banking. Um, but we're probably one of the more creative bank, banking institutions that I've seen out there. And so I think for us, it's making sure that I remove some of those barriers no idea is a bad idea on our team. We really let everybody make sure that they have a voice and that we're really digging into a lot of this. I think one of the most um, kind of creative things that we've done here in the last year, which I really, really love, Andy, is it's called the Commerce Pathways System. And so we partner with an outside vendor to really help people connect. And we help them connect around job shadowing, networking, and mentoring. And this was something that I haven't found in many other organizations, um, specifically that job shadowing piece. When you do your research and you dig out the job shadowing and you look at the, you know, the talent development world, there's not a whole lot of organizations that are doing job shadowing or have any sort of formal process or anything around job shadowing, except really universities. That's the only place that I've really seen that. And so we, when we, we went out and looked for kind of vendors to be able to talk to and say, hey, you know, we know we want some technology to help do this because I know the time that it takes to put up a mentoring program and to keep it running. And you need a lot of resources to make that happen if you're gonna to try to do something like that for 4,800 people in a bank. And so we needed some tool or resource that was able to, gonna be able to help us do that. So we reached out to a company called MentorLead and they were, they were game. And the one thing that we really loved about them is they were a partner and they were willing to customize things quite a bit. So it wasn't one of those programs where you get it off the shelf and it is what it is and you, you just have to take it for what it is and use it and hopefully it meets your needs. Yeah. Um, they actually never used it for job shadowing. And so we partnered with them and built out and redesigned and 
I had to change almost everything in the system in some way, shape, or form to make it work for job shadowing. And that's where we started. So when we knew that we wanted to use this Commerce Pathways platform, we started with job shadowing. Instead of starting with mentoring, which would have been the easy thing to do, is like, let's just put out a mentoring program with it. We started with the job shadowing piece because we thought that was really, really important. Now, timing-wise, what was kind of interesting about working on the job shadowing piece is that we finished it in January and we're doing some work on the site for a March rollout. If we think about March, <laughs> when that was, well, that was the start of the pandemic. And so we had to like pause the brakes a little bit and go, is this time to do this? Should we be rolling out a really cool creative thing while everybody's just, while the, everybody's hair is on fire and they're running around the organization and trying to figure out what to do and get home and make sure that they can work from home. And we're like, okay, maybe we need to break break on this for a little bit. And then two, three months later, by the time we got to June, we were like, this isn't ending anytime soon, it seems right. like with the pandemic. And so how can we help people get connected? Because we're already starting to see even the first couple of months of people really not, people already missing that opportunity to really connect with people at, at events on site or events off site. And so we're like, you know what, actually this tool getting rolled out is probably the most important thing we need to do right now to really make sure that people get connected. And so we rolled out a job shadowing tool three months into the pandemic, hmm. you know, and we've got 600, 700 people that are on that site that get a chance to use it. They can use it for job shadowing. They can use it for connection. We're starting to see people find jobs across the bank and really get a chance to make those connections and learn more about where they might want to go in their career. And so it's creating more effort. of an open, creating more of an open talent marketplace for people to be able to find different jobs within the organization. Exactly, because people need to know the bank. So if you go back to my philosophy, it's know yourself, mm -hmm. know the bank, and plan your path. And so this is one of the key pieces of our strategy around letting people know the bank, is getting a chance to get out there, connect to people through job shadowing and through networking. We rebranded it a job shadowing and networking site probably about seven or eight months into it. because we're like, well, it's not just for job shadowing. It's for people to be able to connect with others and build a network. We, we found that a lot of people were using it to make themselves better at their job. So we would have salespeople and product owners that would be reaching out to each other that actually never talked before mm. and connecting through the site because they wanted to know a little bit more about what the other person did. And it just made them better at their job. You know, whether it was the product owner understood now, oh, that's how you sell it. Or the salesperson that's like, oh, that's what you guys were thinking when you created it. Right. So that's been something that's been almost just as impressive as people finding new roles with it too. Yeah, it's something that is unfortunately so rare, right? People get are working in silos, they work on their team, whether it's sales or product development, and they rarely get to really talk with people from other teams and find out what they're working on and what they care about and what they're doing. That's why I used to love what I did when I worked at BTS and I would run these business simulations for companies. And they'd bring, you know, people from lots of different groups and divisions and, and job titles, IT, sales, legal together to play on teams in these simulations. And they'd really get to share information about, oh, when we face this type of situation, we do this and we do that. And you really, the networking is huge. And, you know, I think the companies have had a tough time with that through the pandemic, right? Where and they're not getting people together as much. Now, the opportunities, I think, are just, they're still there to do it virtually, but when they're not facilitated and people are not intentional about it, it's not happening. And the other thing I love about what you're doing is it's its definitely one of the solutions that I see that's going to make an impact as we go into this great resignation or whatever you want to call it, right? That There's a lot of people moving around looking for new opportunities and there's more opportunities than ever before. And so People get frustrated in their job. They don't realize there are opportunities within their company 
So what do they do? They go on LinkedIn, right? And they go find a job somewhere else. But I see really innovative companies creating talent marketplaces, creating opportunities for people to look around and say, hey, if you're ready to make a change, you know, look for other jobs within the company. Here's opportunities that you can go look at. And what you're saying is you can even go shadow people and get mentorship and find out what other people are working on. So you can see, is it even something you might want to do? Exactly. I think you have to know that because I know I love career development a lot like you do, Andy. And one of the things I always tell people is, what are the experiences that you're really looking for? And, you know, beyond just knowing yourself and, you know, what do you like and what do you, what do you not like and what are your values and what are your motivations? All those are key and so, so important. But you have to know your experiences too, because I think we're brought up as kids. I mean, what do we, what do we get asked all the time? What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I wanted to be a chiropractor is what I told people from 16 really? to 18. I wanted <laughs> to be a chiropractor. Um, but we're told that we're, we're almost like initiated into that as when we're young. And then we go to yeah. high school and they're like, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? And then you go to, you, you know, you go to college or you go to grad school and you get a PhD. Right. And well, what are you going to do with that? That's not really the right question when I think when it comes to career development and really figuring out what you want to do next. It's about your experiences that you want to get. Yeah. What are those things that you want next? And then you have to go talk to somebody that does it. So spend some time and figure out exactly what they do. I remember when I worked in that retail footwear industry, one of the things that people loved was really being a buyer. It just, it was a sexy role because yeah. you got a chance to choose fashion that was going to be in the stores for everywhere mm-hmm. across the country. If you're working for a fashion company, that's what you want to do. You want to make sure that you're, you're getting a chance to impact fashion and make those decisions, help yeah. people make those decisions about their fashion. And I'd tell people, go and talk to Jamie. Jamie's great. She'll tell you all about the role. Come back and talk to me when you're done doing that. And they would come back and talk to me. And 90% of the time, Andy, they'd have no interest in being a buyer. Anymore. I'd be like, okay, well, tell me more. And they're like, yeah. I didn't know that half of that job was math. I didn't know that I needed to, you know, forecast and that I was going to be held responsible for when things weren't selling in the right. stores. Um, they're like, so I don't know that that job's for me. I just love fashion. I didn't yeah. know that I was going to have to know so much math to do that role. And I think that happens to people all the time. Yeah. They just jump into a role or they take that manager role because it's the next thing that's in front of them. Mm-hmm. It might not be the right thing for them. So I think that's why they really have to understand those experiences that they want to feel fulfilled in their job. Yeah, you remind me of something I've been I've been talking about a lot more lately to kind of combat that motto or advice we hear sometimes to follow your passion. And I feel like there's all this pressure to like know what your purpose or your passion is and find some job in that, even if it, you know, doesn't pay very much money. And I'm a big fan of following your curiosity, right? What are you curious mm-hmm. about? What do you want to learn about? And you know, try different things. And before you even go and like leave your job and take another job because maybe you work in finance, but I really like people and I'm curious about working in HR, before you switch careers completely, go have some conversations, do informational interviews, go, you know, shadow somebody's job for a couple of days and see what they work on, what they like and what they don't like, what are they frustrated about? And, you know, are those things that you want to deal with on a regular basis or was it a lot, you know, shinier in your mind? And once you get there, you're like, ah, maybe this is not something I want to do. Like you said, with the fashion buyer. So I'm a big fan of that. I I think that's really cool. And I I love how I remember our previous discussion, our philosophies on career development are, are really aligned, right? And you are clearly passionate about helping people develop in their careers, wherever they are in the bank or in the workplace. And it seems like you're doing some great things to help facilitate that. Is there anything else that you would add in there that you've done, or you see people doing to really help employees, you know, own their career or find, you know, their, their career that will be really fulfilling for them or find the next, next job for them. I think, you know, as leaders, one of the things that's going to be really important, I think is 
removing some of that fear. So I think a lot of times as, as team members, we are actually worried that our manager is going to feel the way you were talking about it. Right. You know, and that I'm going to, you're going to think that I'm not committed to the organization or I'm not committed to this job. If I, if I'm interested and curious about finding another role in the organization somewhere. So I think as managers and leaders, I think it's that empathy piece and also just removing that fear. I think we need to let people know that it is okay to explore new opportunities in your career or to potentially move to a new part of an organization or a new part of the bank here. So I think that's a big, big part of it. I think getting to know people and spending and spending some time understanding what are they working on? What do they want to do? What does success really look like for them in their career? I think that's a question I often, I love to ask and people are like, oh, wow. I don't know if I've really thought about what that means. Yeah. And sometimes people know exactly what that means for them. And it could be because maybe that passion that they love is something that they do on the side and they really work because they're passionate about photography and, and that's really where they spend their time and their energy, but they don't want to be a photographer. You know, they would rather still work in the bank, but do photography on the side. And that's the way that they feel fulfilled in their life. So I think just really understanding that for yourself, I think is really, really important, but understanding that for the people on your team yeah. is wonderful. Cause I think the more you know about them, the more you know about, again, their strengths, their weaknesses, their opportunities, what they love to do, what they value, what motivates them, what experiences they want, then we can connect them to some of those experiences, some of those opportunities, some of that visibility. And I think that's the best thing that we can do as leaders is to just really know our people. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much opportunity there and there is a lot of fear, right? People are like, I want to make some changes or advance in my career, but I'm afraid to talk to my manager about it or will they support me? And you know, if you want to achieve more things in your career, I do believe people need to take ownership, be intentional, take initiative, but they also need support from their manager, right? And we need supportive managers who are interested in coaching and supporting their people. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about was about management and leadership. And I know you and I also have a similar philosophy on what modern leadership looks like and how, you know, death of, you know, the death of the command and control leadership is, as you put it. So where do you see leadership going and what do you think is important for leaders to be successful today? That is a, thank you, Andy, for asking that question. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've been talking about a lot, posting a lot on LinkedIn about it too. That idea of that command and control leadership, which we you know was really popular in the eighties and the nineties, and I think is still hang on. It's still hanging on a little bit even to this day. Um, I just think it's different. I think this pandemic changed something. It was already starting to change, but this whole idea of us working from home and that blurred line between work and home is kind of gone now. I mean, it's even more blurred than it potentially was before. We're seeing into people's lives. We're seeing their homes, we're seeing their pets, we're seeing their kids, we're having to be more empathetic, we're having to get to know these individuals a little bit more. And I think that that's something that the Pandora's box has been open and it's not going away. Like, so I truly believe there's a reason why we're seeing like the dare to lead work get so much play right now. I think there's so, there, there's a reason why emotional intelligence is being talked about a lot. There's a reason why we're hearing a lot about psychological safety. It's because I think that empathetic, vulnerable, to a point, leader is going to be really, really important. I think it's the leader. It's that next leader that's going to really be needed um, to get us through the rest of the pandemic, but also I think beyond, kind of take us into the future. And so I think that's going to be a really key piece for leadership. That whole idea of just coming to work and saying hi and saying bye and talking to them just about work and you know ignoring emotions um, and then just going back home is just something that people don't want to anymore. 
They've seen their leaders differently. The leaders have had to look different in the last 18, 19 months. And you just can't shove it back in the box. They can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You just can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. We should just close it on that. That's a great analogy right there, metaphor for how leadership has changed, right? And what people want. I think I think the pandemic exaggerated, right? What we were already seeing really accelerated trends towards this idea of modern leadership. And I have a philosophy on this as well. And we're, we're very aligned, right? We need more communication, transparency, empathy, inclusion, all of the things that you talked about to really communicate with people and, and check in and see how things are going. Uh, and that's going to support employees in how they develop in their careers. So uh, we're very aligned on that. I think that you know when you take all the things that you talked about, we combine this, you, you've got a recipe for people really being able to flourish and find more happiness and fulfillment in their careers. Ryan, this has been a really great discussion. We've covered a lot of ground and here talking about talent development, talking about the aspiring manager program at Commerce and how people can develop more in their careers, the job shadowing and mentorship programs, and then what modern leadership looks like. We're going to talk a little bit more about your own career in our bonus Q&A session, but to close things out here for anybody listening who maybe wants to get in touch with you, talk more about these subjects, where's the best place for them to go? LinkedIn is the best place to get me. I post on there quite a bit and I do check it quite a bit. So I would say, reach out to me on LinkedIn, follow me or send me a friend request. And I'll definitely, we can chat a little bit more. Ryan would like to be your friend on LinkedIn. Yeah. Connect with Ryan on LinkedIn. I know we're connected on there. Make sure you connect with both of us. If you're not already, I've seen you sharing some great content and I appreciate you supporting uh, all of my stuff, especially around the book. Lately, we are very aligned on our philosophy on career development. Yes, we are, Andy. No doubt about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ryan. I appreciate it. And we'll talk more soon. Sounds great. Thanks. All right. That will do it for my interview with Ryan McRae about helping aspiring managers and employees find more fulfillment in their careers. I hope you really enjoyed that. I hope you got some ideas for things you can do in your own organization. And if you have thoughts, questions, feel free to reach out to Ryan on LinkedIn or reach out to me. If you're interested in joining the Talent Development Think Tank community, you're being part of a community where we are speaking on a regular basis on topics like this. We have a live call every Wednesday. You can find information by going to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. And I also want to remind you that our podcast is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need your leaders to lead, your sellers to sell, and your people to do the best work of their lives. They've got a lot of great learning programs, virtual, in-person, as well as free resources. And you can check out everything they have by going to advantageperformance.com. And I think that's it for this week. I do have a bonus Q&A session coming up in a couple days with Ryan McRae talking about his career, successes, mistakes that he's made, challenges he sees in talent development, trends he's following, and a book recommendation or two for you as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.